Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos and Christina hanging out with you. Here we are. I cannot wait to have this conversation today. T- today's today's conversation is I'm I'm gonna set this up really, really highly for you guys because um, I, I already told you that I think this is going to be one of our more popular episodes because this we're talking about today is, um, I, I think, one of the top things that parents struggle with, which is... Absolutely the top thing they struggle with. I'll tell you, Carlos, anywhere I go, anytime that I'm talking, honestly, about any topic, yeah. um, as I go and speak some with my job, this question is always a question someone asks, mm. regardless of what the conversation has been, and it is... Okay, so wait, 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 wait. wait, wait you're wait, wait. here, you're speaking, uh-huh. you do this podcast, and you're a mom. How do you balance it all? Yes. How do you do it all? Right. And I'm sure that our listeners get this question all the time, or if not, they feel the pressure of how am I going to balance all these things? Yes, because I, I feel like, again, our our society and culture is moving at a faster rate and faster and faster. Every year, there's just more in the speed of information that comes. Next thing you know, it's like, how in the world... Do I do it all? How do I, how do I balance it all? And very clearly, things have changed. Actually, yes. statistically, if we go back to 1975, yeah. um, which may feel like a long time ago, and really, it's when not all born. that long ago. It, it, were, it, was, it, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was not that long ago is when I was born. Well, 47% of mothers, um, the year you were born, Yes, Carlos, the year I was born. Were working outside the home. 47%. 47%. Today, it's 70%. Wow. 70% of moms work outside the home, which just means we've shifted in our realities mm. where the majority of parents, mothers and fathers, are now in a reality where both parents, or if they're a single parent, the only parent, is outside the home trying to balance career mm-hmm. and home life. You know, So you're trying yeah. to get dinner on the table, but you're leaving work at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whatever. You're trying to figure out childcare for your young kids, how to get them to their after-school activities. Yeah. It's a lot to try to figure out. It is. It's a lot. And I think we have two people on the show today that are going to be the perfect people, humans, to tell us what that looks like. I mean, they, they, they talk about that. I mean, they've got... I feel like they've got three or four kids, four. like teens, right? Yeah. Like, like they're four, um, and um, and they are both like writing books and they're speaking and they're um, they're 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 very um, what's the word? When I think of our guests, our Frank and Jessica Beeler, when I think about them, um, they are so proficient in so many things. Yeah, that, high capacity. Um, yeah, high capacity. High yeah, capacity. yeah, th- that, that's a good word. Um, I think they're great people to talk to us about that. Yes, absolutely. And so Frank Beeler, um, a few months ago, wrote a book, and it was called The Myth of Balance. Oh, good. I don't even have to read it because it's a myth. It's a myth. So (laughs) the good news is balance is not a a thing that we can grasp, I'm I'm hoping. Um, But he wrote this book actually just um, for professional emphasis. Mm -hmm. And then after he came out with the book, I said, hey, Frank, have you ever thought about how that applies to our lives as parents? Uh, and he was like, great. I would love to talk about that. If I'm going to talk about that, though, I'm bringing Jessica with me. Yes. And so today we have an opportunity to talk to Frank and Jessica Beeler. And Jessica Beeler, both of them, about balance. And the myth And the of myth balance. of balance. <laughs> so with that, here is Kristen's conversation with Frank and Jessica Beeler. Frank and Jessica, thank you so much for being here today on Parent Q. 
I have learned so much from both of you about being a parent. Just the other day, you were telling me this great, great parenting technique that I'm about to start implementing in my own home oh, related no. to gummies. <laughs> oh, gummies. Oh, no. The hiding of the candy. Right. right. Where did you hide the candy, baby? Well, our Halloween candy was just consuming our pantry. And right? so I decided that I was going to hide it from our kids because they were consuming too much of it. And I took it and put it in a trash bag and I still wanted some every once in a while. Right. Of and course. so I put the trash bag in the bathtub of the guest bedroom <laughs> and pulled, but the, with that, pulled the curtain back. My gummies yes. that I like to have. Yeah. I put your fruit snacks. You and like to have. So yeah, the fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. So uh, you can find me around the house going and getting some from there. <laughs> Sneaking into them, the bathroom. Putting them in my pocket and eating them <laughs> one at a time out of my pocket so the other kids don't I find knew something out. was happening because I leave that door closed and <laughs> it was always open. It was always That was like, me going to get more candy. Right. <laughs> so Frank and is, nobody's discovered the secret bathroom stash yet. Layla has. She knows where it is, but she is um, keeping it under wraps. It's, yeah, it's like our special right little secret <laughs> where amazing. candy only comes out at special times <laughs> and they have no idea. Although I did from. see her walking around with some whoppers a couple days ago and the kids were like, where'd you get those? Where'd you get those whoppers at? And she's like, under the couch. I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Really, literally every day I feel like you yeah. bring us new stories of greatness and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm going to start hiding the candy yeah. in the bathroom. Yep. Seems like a good decision. Seems like a I great so. decision. Especially for middle schoolers. They never take showers. We did have a guest in that bathroom a couple weeks ago and like I forgot to get it out and she was like um what's this what do you do when you shower (laughs) well we're here to talk about something totally different unrelated to that um and that is you wrote a book this last year called the myth of balance um which is just fantastic tell us just a little bit about why you wrote the book yeah the myth of balance is our attempt to help people find a way to kind of thrive in this tension of of the busyness of life, of work and life and all the opportunities to volunteer and serve and help people. There's so much demand on our time, energy, and effort. It feels like there's never enough time and it can be really overwhelming. And when my wife and I got to a season where it just got really difficult. And so we started reaching out because we wanted to find better balance for our life. And so we reached out to people that we admired and said, how do you do it all? And we quickly discovered that the answer was never balance. And through a little journey, we discovered that balance doesn't actually exist. And so if it's like, well, if it's not balance, there's got to be some way to kind of manage life better. And our attempt in the book is to kind of capture some of these best practices we learned from great families. Okay, so if the answer is not balance, what is the answer? Because this is the most common question that I get asked about parenting. I mean, everywhere we go, it's like, how do you get it all done? How do you make sure that you get, you know, all this stuff in your world kind of together? Yeah, well, I think everybody has a unique rhythm. Every family has unique rhythm, and it's going to change with the seasons and what's going on in the kids' lives. But one of the things we found is that we wanted to give permission to others because we finally learned this for ourselves that your rhythm and the way you operate your family may look different from other people. And sometimes that's hard to acknowledge. Like for us, we don't do family dinners the way I don't even know how we would coordinate four kids. It would be impossible. It really wouldn't work. Tell us actually, tell us the ages of your kids because I think that's helpful for our listeners to have in the back of their mind too. We have two 15 year old boys, both sophomores. Um, We have an 11 year old boy who's in sixth grade middle school. And then we have a 10 year old girl who is in fourth grade. So with a 10 
and 14. Yep, 215. 215. 215-year-olds. One's about to turn 16. So it's about to be 16, 15, 10, and 11. Wait, no, 16, 15, 11, and 10. And you don't have like two-hour dinners where no. Frank leads a devotion no. and then you sing a worship song? No, and the there's kids no devotions. No, give you well, each a blessing? No. I bought them a devotional book and put it in their nightstand. Does that okay. count? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do what we can. But we uh, just found that with kids' sports and work and just – we were putting this pressure on ourselves that picture perfect family meant dinners together and we're just going to catch up on everything in life. But we found that that was actually more of a burden and stress for our family. And we needed to find some other time to get together and enjoy being around each other. And for us, that's, that's board games, oftentimes late at nights or on the weekend. And that becomes our bonding time, but we don't necessarily think that's good for some other family. And so in the book, the whole idea is that, You've got to find, in light of your current season and, and your kids' ages and what they're involved in, you've got to find where are you going to get those parenting wins, but those parenting wins may not look like your best friend or even what your parents before you expected of you, right? I love that you bring in that stat. Actually, I was reading something the other day that said it's 72% of parents, 72% of parents self-reported that it was very important to them that their parents saw their own parenting um, as good parenting. In other words, we think we really, really, really want to please our parents, you know, regardless of how we think they did well or unwell or whatever, we care about their opinion of us as parents. So how does that shape the pressures that we put on ourselves? I mean, I think I probably deal with this even more so um, than Frank. I had a really healthy childhood. I had great parents. Um, and, and, and yet I look back and they weren't perfect parents by any means, but they were great and they loved me and they raised me, um, you know, in a very faith filled home. And so a lot of times I look at myself and my, my gauge, my scale is in direct, I mean, I'm literally comparing my parenting to them. Um, and, and, and a lot of times I fall short because I'm not my mom and my dad and because um, I was an only child and I have four children. And so our rhythms are going to look very different, but we did have family dinners almost every night. That's with nine sports, four children, nine sports. That's not a reality for us. You know, I would, it would, it would cause a lot of sacrifices, um, on the part of my kids if I were to do that. But my parents' opinion really does matter to me. And, and I mean, matter to, to a point to me where, I mean, at, at some point it probably was not completely healthy because instead of focusing on finding these healthy rhythms, I was really focused on pleasing my parents, um, with my parenting. And so, um, you know, I think you and I were even discussing this before we, before we started that, um, that, it matters to me more what my parents think of my parenting than my friends and the community, than all of the people that I'm consulting or leading with. It, my parents' opinion matters most to me. And so, um, so we've got to get to a place where the rhythms in our lives are so healthy that we can then overcome these kind of preset expectations that we have on ourselves. So if we need to maybe take our parenting and go, okay, am I parenting to please someone else or am I really doing the work I need to do for my own home and the health of my own home? How do you figure out, I'm just taking a guess here, like your house, you have six people and you probably all move to a different speed at a different pace, at a different rhythm. How do you guys coordinate and talk amongst yourselves to decide what the rhythm for the Beeler family looks like? I think for it starts with Frank and I sitting down on Sunday evenings and looking at our calendar for the week. 
because um, we have to, I mean, we literally have to get on the same page so that we can lead our family in a healthy direction. So I think that's where it starts. And then it starts with communicating with our kids. And like, we have to say, what's a priority to you? We have to know what's important to them as individuals because we don't have to be at everything. We just need to be at the things that are important to them. Yeah, I think Layla is a great example. So our 10-year-old daughter is a dancer. She's a very active dancer and very busy. And gosh, that costs a lot of money, too. That <laughs> dancing is just a, a whole money. thing. Uh, but anyway, that's not my point. With dancing, what I've found is that there's all these opportunities to go see her dance, especially we're getting ready to go on competition season. This is the time. These next few months are crazy. And as a dad, I know I'm not going to be at all of them. So I tried for years over the last several years to pick the ones I was going to be at. And at some point I realized that that's not wise at all. I need to ask her which ones she wants me to be at because I thought the bigger the venue, the more she wanted me there. And I found there were these little nuanced things that she wanted me at this one show. It was the smallest show she did a couple of years ago because that's when she was going to debut a new dress. And that mattered way more to her than the attendance. And the great thing was that one wasn't even out of town. It was right down the street. It was so easy for me to work that one in, but I would never have chosen that one. So starting to talk to our kids a little bit more, setting some expectations of where we're going to be and what we, we can't do at all. So what can we do? I think it's really helpful. I want to lean into something you said there about expectations, because I think that's so important. I think You know, I know what my own expectations are on myself as a parent. And then I make a lot of assumptions about maybe what my kids might expect of me without pausing to ask what those really are. And sometimes the expectations without, you know, if I'm not thinking about it, they can get out of control pretty fast. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, I mean, I have an example of exactly what you're saying. I, we, we just adopted a a new child. So we went from um, three children to four children about a year ago. We um, adopted an at-risk teen, and he's been a great addition to our family. And, you know, he's 15. Um, he's about to turn 16 next month. And he came in with some expectations um, of what a good family was like, what a good mom and dad would be like. Um, and so he started running cross-country, and it was his expectation that we would be at all of his cross-country meets. And we had already had this conversation multiple times with our kids that we can't be at everything. We're going to be at the things that are most important to you, but we can't be at everything because we are, we do have this calling on our life and it's going to require us to be at other places as well. But we hadn't had that conversation with him. And so he was really disappointed at the end of the season. He shared with us how we had only made it to half of his cross country meets. And I thought we were winning. I thought we were doing great because that's in our mind, we had met the expectation. And yet um, we hadn't clarified that expectation with him. We hadn't, um, we didn't realize that he expected us to be at all of those. And so we had to sit down and, and really kind of draw lines again and be like, Hey, like this is, these are the expectations that we're going to be able to meet. Um, but you know, we can't be at everything. But again, it was a lack of communication on our part. And, and then we therefore couldn't meet the expectation in his mind. And it goes the other way too, right? We can ask kids what, what they expect. You know, not only do we have expectations that we need to set for them, but they can at least communicate what it is that they're thinking or hoping for from us. And I think it, it causes us to shift our rhythm a little bit. And I, I go back to that word because I think it really matters in that we have our routine schedule that really is, is kind of how we manage our life. And if we sit down on a Sunday night or whenever it is, and we kind of lay out our routine, understanding the practices, understanding the demands from, from work and taking care of things at home and volunteering or whatever it is we do, 
putting all those things on a calendar and understanding our routine, what I've found is that most families can do the routine pretty well. It's that once we've communicated expectations and we've laid out a plan, it's when the surprises come up that kind of really throw us out of whack and really can ruin a, a day or a whole week because suddenly it feels like we're losing. So wait, you're saying that sometimes life as a parent is unpredictable? I have not experienced this, so give me some examples <laughs> of unpredict- unpredictability in your parenting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like things are thrown at us all day, every day, right? I mean, I had um, I had something come up this week with Layla's dance. I mean, we're getting ready to head into competition season, and we have a convention this weekend, and I know what convention weekends look at look like. We've been d- dancing for quite a few years now. And I just went ahead and marked it off on my calendar because I knew at some point that something was going to be thrown my way. And so I marked it off my calendar. I made arrangements for my teenagers to be Ubered where they're, <laughs> where they're going to go. We've already had that conversation. Um, and, and sure enough, two days ago, I got the call. We don't have enough chaperones. Can you go and chaperone the whole weekend? And, you know, if I hadn't have prepared for the unexpected, um, then I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been able to step in and do it. Um, and, and uh, my kids wouldn't have gotten where they needed to go this weekend. So it, it's funny because we were planning for the unplanned. We were, yeah. we were, I was already anticipating the unexpected, even though we didn't know what that was going to look like at the point. At so you point. can plan on some stresses in your parenting. So you put the gummies in the shower. Yes. So you have reserved <laughs> snacks right. whenever you need them. And, and what are some other things that you feel like you kind of try to anticipate and plan for? You know, so there are two things, right? There's the completely unexpected. I don't know how you plan for that. I don't even think it'd be wise to spend time trying to plan for things you could never predict. But we know things are going to come up. We all know that our kids are going to get sick and that means that we're going to be staying at home or that day is going to get thrown out of whack and it either pushes all your work to the rest of the week and now makes it a super stressful handful of days in this week that are really chaotic or maybe we just plan a little ahead and next time we're at the the drugstore we go ahead and we pick up a couple of Gatorades Um, a couple of coloring books or something like that. And we kind of have a little stock. Maybe there's a movie we sneak in there. And we just know that's the day when everything unravels. The kid calls home from school an hour after being there because they got sick and the nurse is saying, come get this kid out of here. You already know it's going to be thrown out of whack. So what can we do to say, we've kind of got a little bit of a plan for those days. And I think it's funny because we all know as parents that that's only going to entertain our child a little bit. It doesn't fix everything for the day. Everything gets thrown out of whack. But I will say this, when you feel like you've already got one step toward a plan, it sets a different tone in your house. So if it's like, okay, we're going to go ahead and get home. I want to get you snuggled in bed. I want to get you your medicine. And we've got a plan for what will once again, maybe be an hour of time. What that does for our mind and the way we approach that day is such a relief instead of it feeling like, okay, I'm suddenly already on the ropes, I'm losing, I'm exhausted, and this whole day and week is ruined because that tone does affect everything in our house and it affects how we operate at work. It it affects everything. So I just think we can start to take some little initiatives to make a little list and say, what are some things that we know are going to happen over the next month? We just don't know when they're going to happen next. 
And how could we plan for a handful of those things? Jess and I used to, uh, at our last job, we used to do the final interviews. Um, and so somebody would go through this long interview process all weekend, and then we would find out that we needed to do this evening interview kind of last minute. And it was one more night away from our family. And we thought to ourselves, okay, when I would call, I would have to say the same thing. Hey, kids, not going to be home tonight. I'm sorry. And I just got tired of saying I'm sorry for what was ultimately a good thing for our organization and the right thing for me to be a part of. And we decided, we made a decision of like, could we come up with a plan? We don't know when the next interview is going to be. It's going to come kind of in a whirlwind, but what could we do differently? And our kids are old enough where we made a big change to where when we do interviews, the kids go to the same restaurant, they sit at a separate table, and they get to order an appetizer. And that's a huge, huge deal because, first of all, we don't order appetizers. And if you have multiple <laughs> kids, you get in and out of the restaurant quick, quickly, right. and you probably don't eat out a lot. Like, right, let's, let's put it in that category. So now I'm calling home and saying, hey, guys, I got an interview tonight. Instead of me saying I'm sorry, they're celebrating and saying, when's the next interview? And now it feels like I'm not losing because I'm just doing my job. Right. And so we started to say, what are the five things that we know keep throwing us out of whack we know they're going to happen we don't know when they're going to happen next and what could we do now to ensure that we maintain some sense of rhythm and health in our family one of the things like there there are some things you can't plan for um a couple weekends ago my dad had some pretty serious health issues and it was a friday and we literally had to get in our car and drive 15 hours to go be with him and you can't you can't plan for that. That that's not something that you know. We say you know plan for the unexpected, but that's there's there's no way to plan for that. And so there are going to be those moments where your entire plan goes out the window, and you just have to go and do. But then there are, are things kind of like what Frank was talking about. I mean, one of the things that we did is we do a lot of recordings, and we found that when our kids are sick or when we need to be home for whatever reason, maybe Frank has been traveling for a few days and he just needs to be home with the family. He doesn't need to be in the studio recording. So we spent just a little bit of money and we invested in a recording studio in one of our closets, that, that same guest bedroom, that guest, <laughs> <laughs> that guest bedroom closet now has a recording. Studio. There's gummies in the bathtub and a recording studio in the closet. Um, but that, so that helps us so that when he's traveling and he gets home and needs to spend time at home, um, he can work from home. He can be around the family. There are things that you can't plan for, but there are a lot of things you can. So I just want to make one observation about what I hear from you guys regarding expectations with your kids. You're kind of po pointing out that there needs to be communication to hear what your kids actually value, but you're actually not letting your kids determine all of the expectations that will be on you as a parent. Right. I know that I have a kid, for example, who, my kids are a little bit younger than yours, and in particular, our oldest child is eight. He tends to just have lots of expectations on us. I mean, mm -hmm. he wants us to do it all. And so sometimes I find that I have to kind of walk this line of going, okay, I want to do the things that are important to you, but it's not fair for you to say everything is important. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the parent. Like, you, you have to make the mature decisions. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't, you are not going to be able to meet all the expectations of your kids. Like, that's, that's not going to be possible. You know, one of the things that, that we've kind of told our kids is, 
you know, I really don't have time to do all of the school fundraisers. Now, if your teacher needs some expo markers or some extra, you know, copy paper, then I am right there for that. But we're not going to be able to do all these other things. And yet every single time that they have a fundraiser at the school, I get the brochure and we talk about what level that they were, you know, wanting to meet. And I have to remind them that, you know, this isn't good for us. This isn't a, you know, we, we don't have time to go door to door and sell Vidalia onions, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, so, I mean, yeah, again, I, I think that, you know, we've got to, uh, we've got to be okay with saying no, because we're the parent. That is so healthy. I just a really positive <laughs> affirming uh, point when it comes to finding balance. And there's another thing that I feel coming through from both of you, and you're kind of both wired to be planners. I mean, you are a high-capacity couple. You know, I look at you guys, you get more done in a week than, I mean, most of the rest of us put together. So there is just something about you that I can tell, you know, you're, you're intentional, um, and this kind of comes naturally. But on the other side of that, you have this attitude that I want to kind of draw into the conversation to go, you know, when the unexpected comes your way, we get to choose our response to that. Yes. I mean, I know as a parent, there are mornings when I sleep through the alarm clock. I mean, it was probably happened twice since my kids have been in elementary school, but it is like catastrophe mode, right? I mean, I wake up and it's like, now's the moment you're supposed to be in your class. Right. Yeah. And we are just getting out of bed. We don't have the lunches. Everything has, you know, hit the fan. And in that moment, you know, my kids are going to panic if I panic. And so... What, what does that look like for you? I mean, how do you choose how you respond in those well, in those moments? I've done this horribly for a decade. Um, this was something that took us a long time to learn. I still struggle with it, if I can just be honest, because I am so like, we've got a plan for this. And I, I really do kind of dive in on that. Jessica's taught me, and I've just had some great, great people say, you've got to let it breathe just a little bit. If you're, if you are winning half the time, that's a good start. And so if you feel like you're losing half the time or every once in a while, there's just a day that, that just doesn't go as planned. It really is going to be okay because ultimately everything's not spiraling out of control and we're going to figure it out. I think, you know, all of us can look at our current family situation and see how we've navigated the impossible. At some point, just difficult things happen. Family members, like Jess said, get sick or whatever it is. And we've had to come out the other side, stronger, okay, and we've had to make it. And so we all as families have this track record of navigating difficult stuff. And then something as silly as the alarm clock going off now feels we give it as much weight as that phone call that we got to drive 15 hours to Pennsylvania. And there's a place where it's like, okay, does that really deserve from my heart, my mind, my, my life, that same weight? And I think we've put this expectation, like we're going to be judged by all the school teachers right. because oh, our yep. kid was late and suddenly how dare us not have our, our project together or we didn't put it on poster board because we forgot to buy the poster board. So <laughs> we glued 10 pieces of paper together and said, this is the right size, right? I mean, if we just be honest, like we're going to have those moments, but at the end of the day, I think those teachers, for the most part, they're parents too, and they're trying to figure it out. And I'm just, I'm at a place where I want to cut, you know, our family a little more slack. And I'm starting to assume more that other people are willing to cut us more slack than, than we're willing to receive sometimes. I literally got Layla to school late for the first time in me ever when it's been my responsibility. 
the first time I've ever had one of my kids late to school was just a few weeks ago. Oh. And I'll tell you, a few years ago. I'm so below your was, curve. So, so, but that was like, it was like, for me, I'm so, you know, I just get up in the morning, I'm just a machine. Like, that's how I'm wired. I know. And for the Weird. longest time, for the longest time, that would have killed me. Yeah. Like, I would have been devastated. And I, I'm just learning that that can be a moment where I'm already late, might as well drive a little slower, laugh a little bit like it really is going to be okay and I, I don't know I just at some point along the way gave myself permission you know our family permission not to be perfect and not to get it right all the time and when that's not the expectation when you don't you're not failing out there's the a gate. sense in which our kids don't need to see us win all the time right maybe they need to see us fail well you know oh, that's our, a great point there's a point where I'm like going okay in this moment the best thing I can do, I have failed already, you know, I slept through the alarm or whatever it is, but I can show my kids what it's like to fail well and go, you know what, I messed up. I take full responsibility for the situation, yeah. and but we are going to keep moving. We're going to keep pushing through. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I just, I don't think that panic is ever the solution to a problem. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just adds to your dilemma. I mean, really, cause if you're panicking, um, I mean, you're putting out bad vibes and believe me, your kids are picking it up. And so I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we need to learn how to fail well and we need to learn to let ourselves off the hook. You know, I'm not a perfect mom. We don't do big birthday parties. I, I used to, when they were little, feel this pressure of doing these big birthday parties. And now I'm kind of like, you know, is 200 bucks good for you or a hundred dollars good for you? You know, like, can I just pay you off? Like, that's terrible. <laughs> but, but you know, like, but that, that works for us right now. Like that's, that's, that is the rhythm that we're, that we're in. And so I, I think a lot of times we've just got to let ourselves off the hook um, when we, when we do make mistakes. So Frank and Jessica, to the parent out there that's saying, I really want to find balance in my life. I feel like I'm unbalanced. I feel like I can never get to balance what would be your number one top advice for them this week? Something we always do for our listeners is we give them a cue for this week, something practical they can do right now that will help kind of just move the needle a little bit in their parenting, in their family. What's the one thing you would leave with us? I would say take just a few moments this evening or tomorrow evening to sit down and look at the way you've built your schedule and your calendar. Understand your routine a little bit better. And when you really take a look at just a week in your life, your normal routine week, then start to say, where does it fit for our family to have some great moments we share together and maybe move them from the pressure that you have them at this pressure point of like, we're going to squeeze it in, right? We're going to have dinner right before we go to soccer or whatever else. No, 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 no. We look at your routine, understand your routine a little better and say, we're going to put our family time at a strategic place where it's not filled with a bunch of other pressures. Yeah, It doesn't have to be a lot of time. I, I refer to them as, as pockets of intimacy, just moments in time that you can grow as a family. It doesn't have to be a lot of them, but they do have to be there. Mm. Well, thank you so much. That's incredibly helpful and really loved the conversation with you guys today. Thanks, Christy. Thank you for listening to that conversation with Jessica and Frank Beeler about the myth of balance and how as parents we're trying to balance everything in this busy, busy season of life. I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you will take the cue this week and sit down, find some time to think about your own family's 
rhythm, your schedule, where can you find time in your own rhythm and your own schedule to just be together as a family? Whether it's this week, whether it's this month, um, just start somewhere to look for those opportunities when you can just be together as a family. We'll have a recap of this episode in the show notes at theparentq.org slash episode 61. So you can go there and find the notes from today's episode, um, get all the resources that were mentioned. And also, if you want to leave us some reviews or tell us um, something that you would love for us to talk about on the podcast, we love hearing from you. Send us an email at parentq at rethinkgroup.org. We are always excited to hear from you, our listeners, our family. We're in this together. Give us your suggestions. What do you want us to talk about on the next Parent Q Live? Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has helped you, challenged you, or encouraged you in any way, we'd love for you to share it. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And until next time, this is Kristen Ivey for Parent Q Live. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 